With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Welcome back to another episode of the Heat versus the World podcast. It's been a while since we last recorded, but here we are. Like always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. So let's meet our correspondents for today. First, we got George. Yo, what's up, guys? Then we got Anthony. What's good, y'all boys? And then we got Orchard. Hey, what's going on, guys? So y'all already know why we had to get the Pepas out for today. And that's because we got the return of Victor Oladipo. But before we talk about all that, let's start it off by talking about um, last night's game for the Heat as they ended up beating the Rockets by 17 points. Leading the way, you got Tyler Hero with 31 points, six three-pointers and three assists. Jimmy Butler with 21 points, seven rebounds and four assists. Bam Adebayo with 18 points and 10 rebounds. Duncan Robinson with 13 points, three three-pointers of his own. P.J. Tucker with 11 points and 12 rebounds. And the returning Victor Oladipo with 11 points and four assists. We have so much to talk about when looking back at this game. So with that being said, what are some takeaways that y'all have in mind when thinking about this game against Houston? Start us off, Anthony. Well, going into the game, obviously we knew Vic was coming back, so that would give him a boost. And we knew the Rockets suck. And not only do they suck, we found out Christian Wood would be out, Eric Gordon would be out, Dennis Schroeder would be out. So it really started looking like there's no way the Heat shouldn't blow out this team. I know it didn't start that way, uh, but obviously eventually they turned it around. And then even when the game started, Garrison Matthews got hurt early. I didn't even remember he was on that team. And I'm pretty sure most Heat fans know that he's one of the biggest random scrub Heat killers of all time. He's probably the only person that could have saved them. So then when he got hurt pretty uh, pretty initially into the game, we kind of knew that he, that he had no chance. And I hate that dude, by the way, because most Heat fans had no idea who he was. But he actually played in the same division as my college team, FGCU. And he used to bust, like, kill us so much. Uh, so I've hated him for years. <laughs> so it kind of sucks seeing him uh, kill the Heat, too. But he's okay. So I can make fun of him because he came back into the game, but he didn't score or nothing. So... Really, the Heat just took care of business. Obviously, it was a fun game. A lot of people played well. The Big Four played well. Even though Lowry, I don't even think he scored, but he still had his impact that he always does. And really, since I know nobody else is probably going to do it, I just want to show some love to Duncan Robinson. You know, he's been flying under the radar because really, like, his minutes have been getting cut in half. But he's been playing okay. You know, not terrible, not nothing crazy, but he's been shooting efficient, and his defense hasn't been trash. He was 3-7 of last night from three, so... If you can get that from Duncan every night, I'll take it. So 
just wanted to show some love to Duncan and he hasn't been a complete liability, which is a good thing. So. Right. And how about you, George? I mean, what can you say? It was probably the perfect, um, the perfect turnaround from a not so steady week that we had the week before. So to see them come out and perform at a, at a high level, um, probably from halfway through the second quarter for the rest of the game, they dominated. So it was just, it's great to see this not choke another big lead against a, a team that's just not that good. Uh, Jimmy was so steady for us as well. Really, really good. 7 of 11 shooting, 21 points. There was just nothing he couldn't do. If if he had played the whole game, as in if he had just stayed in the whole game and not played 29 minutes, the man would have had 40 easily. But PJ Tucker is just one of the most unsung heroes that we've ever had. When we were getting killed on the boards earlier, um, early enough, when he started to kick into gear, he had 10 rebounds by half time. So keeping him in the game is crucial for our interior defense. He's that, he's that guy for us. He's the guy next to Bam to do what we need him to do. He, he'll never put up ridiculous shooting numbers. He did once this year, but he won't do it again. Um, but, you know, 5 of 12 is, is probably less efficient than he would have wanted, but he still did really, really well. But Tyler Hero, man, come on. Tyler Hero has just become that guy for us. He's become the Donovan Mitchell, the, the, the Devin Booker off the bench, though. He's do, he's doing it in on all three levels of, of scoring, and he's he's doing it on great efficiency as well. It was 12 of 18 last night, not to mention the half-court buzzer beater that ended up putting us up at halftime. So we, we're, we're eternally grateful to him and Spolster for f- figuring out what he needed to do with him after a not so good year last year. He's in running for, forget six men of the year, probably most improved player as well. There's there's not many players that actually deserve to be in that in talks for that award, but he could win both. And I think he deserves both as well. So it's just about keeping him going, keeping the entire team fresh um, and figuring out the rotation. Right. I agree. And then you, Orchard? Uh, like everyone's been saying, I think we had a bit of a slow start. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green, man, these two dudes, we could not guard them from the three-point line. Like, even if we were heavily guarding them, they just seemed unstoppable. And, you know, that was kind of the trend in the first quarter. But then, you know, we were just a completely different team after the timeout in the second quarter, halfway through. And, I mean, I think we dominated throughout the entire game after that. Uh, Everyone had an impressive performance. You know, Bam had 18 points and... I think he had a bit of a slow start, but in the fourth quarter, I mean, he definitely went off. Like, he was scoring back to back to back, and I think it pretty much made sure that we didn't blow the lead like we usually do. Jimmy had his normal game. Uh, uh, Sorry, Lowry didn't score any points, but, you know, it's his first game back, and I mean, I think we already know that he doesn't need to score to impact the game. He was impacting us. He doesn't need to score, and we already won by 17 points at the end of the game. So if I, I'm not really worried that he didn't score. Uh, of course, Oladipo did pretty good. Uh, he scored 11 points. And Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year. He's getting that sixth man of the year award, guys. He had an impressive performance, and he's been doing it throughout the entire season. And I'm just not surprised that he got these many points because he's just like that. So overall, a great win. We did great on rebounding, 50-33. to 33. Uh, Turnovers could have been better. We had 15 turnovers, but... Besides that, it was a very big win, and I'm happy that we're almost fully healthy. 
I agree. You know, to know that basically our whole squad, almost our whole squad was healthy this last game. You know, all we're doing is just waiting for Marquise at this point. Like, it, it's just a great feeling. And I mean, to hear, you know, the crowd chant for Oladipo, you know, the Oladipo chants and everything, like, it just felt amazing to hear. And I know it had to be a feel-good moment for him. And that's why for this next topic, I want to focus mainly on Victor. Since after all, this was Depot Day, right? So, you know, we've been waiting forever for this dude's return. It's been something that we've been talking about in a lot of episodes in the past. You know, how how much of an impact he could have on this team. You know, when would he return and all that. And you know what? Vic came in this last game, as we mentioned earlier, and had 11 points and four assists while also channeling his inner heat culture by drawing two offensive fouls as well. He then had a ferocious dunk, making us think that we were watching the same Oladipo from before the injuries, and he played some excellent defense too. Although Vic only played 15 minutes, it's very obvious that there is so much to talk about when looking back at Victor's season debut. So with that being said, what's everyone's reaction to watching Victor finally make his return? Kick us off, George. I mean, it's, it's what we've been waiting for the entire season, really. it's it's this, He was the star that we acquired in our last trade deadline last year for for, for Olenek, and we, we kind of threw the team off to actually get him in there. Now, we didn't give a big, a big piece with um, with Olenek, but we did give away picks. And he was supposed to be that, um, you know, the guy that could have actually slipped into the starting rotation. But he he brings such an energy to this team that is so crucial and necessary every night. He, even when he was on the bench waiting for, waiting for his return the entire year, people were, were, he was, you know, posting his videos that he's coming back. They they took extra time with his with his rehab for an injury that that wasn't so serious, but they needed to make sure that it won't happen again. And you, by doing that, you got to strengthen every every part of that that right leg of his. So to see him back and and happy, and he was running as well. He's got that quick first step back. He's not laboring. He's not doing anything like that. He wasn't taking it easy last night. He had a slam in the in the third. He he looked like the player that we all wanted him to be. Now, is he going to do that every single night? No, there's going to be nights where he won't be able to, to you know, if he's if he's got soreness or anything like that from post-game or, or close back-to-backs, I doubt that Spolstra will be playing him earlier on in this um, in the last stretch of the, of the season. But he's got a lot of work to do. So if we take away, if we look away from, you know, the amazing performance he put in yesterday... And I know 11 points and four assists isn't good, but he did it on good efficiency. He he didn't labor. He didn't he didn't struggle to move around. He he did everything that we, we he showed everything that we wanted to see. But looking forward, will he be able to come off the bench and do the same thing? Will he be able to be consistent and give us what we need off the bench every night? That's that's what he's got to do for his job. And then Spolster's got to try and figure out how to put him um, in the rotation. So. I don't think we'll be seeing big minutes from him for the next couple, maybe even the next couple of games. We won't be seeing that minutes restriction of 15 minutes be um, be removed. He might go up to about 20 minutes, but it's all about what he can do for us and what he can do for himself moving forward. 
You know, I agree 100 percent, you know, like when you talk about Victor, you know, we we know about the major injuries that he's had in the past. And, you know, I know this Heat team, you know, Spolstra, you know, this medical staff, they're going to be taking good care of Vic. So whatever they decide regarding how much minutes um, Vic plays and all that, you know, we I, as Heat fans and as people who care so much about Victor's health and well-being, like, we, we're fine with whatever it is, you know, if he has to keep playing 15 minutes, it is what it is. You know, it's all about what's best for Victor at this point. And then Orchard, how about you? Well, I was super excited for this game. I mean, I think we've all been looking forward to it for the last, like, since it was announced that he'd probably play into yesterday's game. And, you know, just the emotion for Victor Oladipo to come back. I mean, this man has been sitting on the bench. We all know he's been wanting to play. And I feel like he played, I mean, he played obviously pretty well for his debut, but it felt different. Like, I feel like when he first was traded to Miami, you know, I think he was actually struggling a little bit with the shooting, but he was pretty efficient last night. And I feel like there was a big difference when I saw him playing yesterday because he's gotten gotten to know the team a lot better. Um, He's not really the new guy anymore. He kind of knows how everything works around here. And, you know, I'm not assuming that he's going to have amazing stats coming like forward but he showed that he he he, I mean just by the stats he showed already I think he can uh, provide a good offense for us coming into the future and uh, I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see what he'll do right and you Anthony yeah obviously I love Victor Oladipo everybody here loves him it's weird how much he's like grown on this fan base how how much he loves us and how much we love him because he really has no connection with the city of Miami in, in, in any way. He only played four games with us last year, but for some reason, it feels like he's a heat lifer. It feels like he's been here forever. I mean, the hype leading up to this game was unmatched. I mean, everybody knew what when Depot Day was. Like, when Markeith comes back, there's not going to be a, a Keith Day, you know, is there? For some reason, with Victor Oladipo, and obviously it's because he's a good player too, but it's just his personality. He seems like such a genuine guy, so it's really cool to see how quickly he's become, you know, kind of one with this community and with Miami and with Heat fans. So it's really awesome to see. Obviously, he had a great start yesterday. Um, so I, I love to see that everybody loves him. It helps me out. He's been getting me a ton of views on my YouTube channel. <laughs> Make sure y'all check it out. Uh, just search Anthony Denard on YouTube. You know, so if you enjoy, we talk Heat basketball. But uh, I love talking all the depot. People love watching it. He's been a great piece of this team. The one interesting thing I want to say, though, is – I was thinking about this yesterday because obviously Gabe Vincent didn't get any minutes till garbage time. So I'm curious what y'all think too. If Vic could give us exactly what Gabe Vincent has give, gave us this year, would y'all take that? Because I would, because Gabe shot amazing and his defense has been phenomenal. So if Victor could give us that, I would be more than satisfied with that. But then that begs the question, well, why don't we just play Gabe Vincent? You know, I guess Oladipo has the, uh, the reputation. So that's probably why you would do it. Uh, but I don't know. I'm curious what y'all think about that. Yeah, I, just, I just want to add as well, um, Oladipo has never really been that big three-point shooter until his last season in um, in Indiana because he was always hovering around the you know, 36 35% mark until his last season um, before he left. Uh, while the efficiency wasn't great, he was going from attempting five threes, five and a half threes to seven threes. Now, he was doing it on a 36% efficiency, which isn't amazing, but it was still serviceable. So um, his last season in Indiana, 
he shot 7.7. Then when he got traded to Houston, 7.7. Then he moved to our organization, and it's been it, it was a rough transition from the start because he's known for his defense, and that's what Spolter was really using him for as well off the bench. But if we can get him into a role, like you said, Gabe Vincent, um, where he comes off to, to give us some really, really good scoring, um, I can see him even playing the backup two role, a back a backup one role when when he, you know, if Gabe isn't um if isn't in, I wouldn't actually be adverse to playing him at the backup one role because while he doesn't have the playmaking of maybe Gabe Vincent, he does he does chuck good passes, he does work really hard to get up and down the the floor. Um going to the second part of your question where you were talking about it's it's interesting to see him not play, Gabe Vincent not play. You gotta remember this team runs deep, very deep, especially in the guard, um, in our guard rotation. It runs extremely deep. So, regardless of who was playing tonight, there was going to be a lot of minutes cuts. We we saw we saw Jimmy have twenty nine minutes. <clears throat> um, for some reason, Tucker played twenty four, but he needed to play because we needed him on the floor to keep us from losing. Uh, Bam had under thirty. Duncan at under 30. The only players to have 30 minutes or more were, were Kyle Lowry, who was scoreless the entire time, and Tyler Hero. Those were the two players that went that went over 30 minutes. But to, to get Victor back, they needed to play him the full 15 minutes, which means you've got to cut either one or two or three players. So Kyle Guy, um, Highsmith, Vincent, and Struess. So these and, and you're seven. These players will lose minutes if, if when they're trying to figure out how to use Oladipo. So while Gabe Vincent only played three minutes tonight, I think moving forward, you'll see him get most of his minutes back. So I think that you've got to look between um, you look between Struess and Highsmith because Highsmith was actually looking really promising for us. And I, and I say that on limited minutes, but he's got really good athleticism. He plays the three as well, which is a position that we need since Keith is out. But we ran 14 deep last night. That's never going to happen again. There's no way because we've already been criticized for our use of, of, of players through all this time and all these um all these events. So we, we can't keep playing that deep because when the playoff comes around, we need a, a solid nine-man rotation to go towards, maybe even 10 max. So... Who's playing the minutes? I don't know. Kyle Guy, Highsmith, I see missing out. Yet seven as well. I see yet seven not not getting any traction in the playoffs for for playing time. You might play some garbage time, but that might be that. That's probably it. But with Dwayne Denman, I'm I, I'm hopeful for him to to take that role. But it's going to be a fight between Vincent Struess and Oladipo to see who gets most of those minutes. Kind of going back to Anthony's question about Oladipo and Gabe minutes, I was actually really surprised that Gabe only got three minutes, and that too was in garbage time. I mean, he's been playing pretty phenomenal, in my opinion, for the last couple of games. But you know, I'm also a little not surprised because let's let's take a little, let's go a little back. You know, we look at Yurtsevin, and he was getting starting minutes when Deadman and Bam were out. But you know, as soon as even Deadman was back, even Bam, I mean, you're, we don't, we don't even see Yurtsevin anymore. And obviously there's a big, big difference because, I mean, comparing Oladipo to Vincent is not the same as comparing Bam to Yurtsevin. But I kind of see the trend there. And I think I feel like Gabe and Oladipo should get their minutes split if Oladipo is starting to play as well as Vincent. And here's why. 
we don't have many games left in the season. I mean, I don't really know how good of a sample we're going to get of what Oladipo can produce for this team. And Gabe Vincent's already shown that he can be really productive off the bench. I mean, he's done it when we're missing most of our players. He's doing it right now, even when we're healthy. And I just think that getting rid of his minutes for Oladipo is kind of unreasonable. Uh, and don't get me wrong, it's nothing against Oladipo. We just have it's just towards the end of the season, and we just don't know how well he's going to play. I mean, he could put up great stats, but is it? Uh, we don't know if it's going to be consistent. But with Gabe Vincent, we actually have a consistent like amount of games. He's played a pre- he's played a pretty much a good amount of games for us to know how well he can play. And so it's a little bit of a toss up. And again, if Oladipo can play as well as Gabe Vincent, I would honestly want to split their minutes up. And I guess depending on who's playing better, they get a little bit more time. Those are just my thoughts. Yeah, it, it's, you both bring up interesting points because to George's point, this team is, is super deep. You know, the guys that were, you know, George said we're 14 deep, but that really wasn't technically the case because most of those guys was garbage time. But the guys that did come in during garbage time, those are guys that have had 30-point games this year. Max Struess, when he finally got the consistent playing time back when Larry was out, he was balling again. He would, he, you know, as a starter, he's up to like 45% from three on 10 attempts per game. That is not, you know, no uh, end of the bench player type stuff. That is quality, quality starter player type stuff. But those are the end of our bench guy stuff because this team is so deep. We didn't see Struis get into late. We didn't see um, Gabe Vincent get into late. Even when Dedman was out, Omer Yurtsevin was averaging near 15 and 15. But obviously, when Dedman comes, comes back, he has to play. So we got a dude capable of averaging 15 and 15 on our best. So this team is so this team is uh, super deep. So obviously, you got to pick guys that are, are going to have to sit. And then to Orchard's point about splitting Vic and, uh, and uh, Gabe's minutes, I kind of like that because he brought up a good point. There's limited time left this regular season to kind of get uh, Vic acquainted back into the lineup, back into the rotation. I think there's only 16 games left. And the way Spolster was talking last night, it doesn't sound like it's going to be anytime soon that Victor gets his, you know, minutes restriction, you know, raised. So even if he plays the next week or so, 15 minutes a night, you know, now you only got like 10 games left and you want to really make sure that you have your rotation set and guys used to playing together. So that come playoff time, you don't have to worry about all that stuff and they're good to go. They know what's going on. I'm assuming come playoff time, they'll probably go nine deep. That's the starters plus Tyler, Depot, Caleb, and Deadman. That's who I would go with. It's unfortunate that Struis and Gabe probably won't get any minutes, but I think Tyler, Depot, and Deadman are locks. And then between Caleb, Struis, and Vincent, I'd probably put, I'd probably put Caleb, man. Just because he's a little bit bigger, he's probably a little bit more versatile, and he provides the offense and defense that, you know, is really good for this team. So that's where I'd probably go with nine-man deep. But unless Spo wants to go 10-man deep, uh, I really don't think he will. I personally think it could be a huge advantage. I know people say in the playoffs it's all about having superstars. It's not about being deep. But we all saw how dead tired Kevin Durant was last year in that Bucks series because he had to play all 48 minutes, essentially. Imagine if Jimmy goes late into the fourth quarter, only playing 32 minutes, 33 minutes, he's going to be so much more rested. And you think in a tight, close playoff game, he'll have just a lot more in it to, you know, give him an advantage over the other superstars that are already playing 43, 44 minutes. I'd like to see go, uh, see Spo go pretty deep in playoffs, but he'll probably keep it to round nine. And I think Gabe and Struess are probably going to get the cut there. Yeah. Um, I, 
I, I appreciate your point as well. Like I, I, I resonate with it because it's, these, are, these are headaches that we're having as, as fans of the organization. You've got to think about what Eric Spolster is trying to go through right now. Uh, he's probably got like a thousand pieces of, of paper scrunched up in the side of his office uh, of rotations that could work and could not work maybe. But I'm really, really interested to see how, how he's going to try and work out this guard rotation because, you know, take away, if you look at the, you know, if you take away the starters plus Tyler heroes, so that's six right there. You need Deadman as the backup center. You need Caleb as the backup wing who, you know, you're already nearly running out of spots. That that's that's eight right there. So I'm really excited to see who's going to take that spot. Is it going to be Matt, Gabe Vincent or 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 Depot or is Struis going to come in and take it as well because he could just as easily take it. Now, the last few days I've been really zoning in on that argument: who's going to win? You know, who's going to take that spot? Who's going to be that star for us? You know, coming off the bench because. Every other team, every other contender has that one star. Kevin Durant for the Nets, the Bucks of Giannis, Steph Curry, you know, on, on Golden State. Booker is a star, and so is Chris Paul on um on, on Phoenix. So we don't have that. We have Jimmy, we have Bam, and we've seen on nights, and we're not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. These are players that are, are not superstars. And that's fine. We don't need a superstar. The but you need to surround them with enough pieces and, and, and have the right system around them to really take advantage of the fact that a lot of you, got, a lot of you guys aren't going to be tired, which is the, your best advantage. Your biggest disadvantage, though, is that come playoff time, if it's game six, game seven, and we're trying to close it out, who's going to take those shots? Who's going to be that man for us? Because Giannis is doing it and Chris Middleton is doing it for Bucks. Um, Kevin Durant's that guy for, for the Nets. We've seen Butler struggle, and 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 so we've seen Bam struggle offensively in games as well. So it's just about getting that entire rotation. That's the whole argument today is about rotation. I I would personally um, have Vincent over over Oladipo at the moment, even for come playoff time, because we've seen a bigger sample size of what he can do and what he can offer us. Now, does that? Am I saying if that's how if that's how it's going to stay? No. It's a real common um, concept in sports, mostly in um, in football, English football. Players come in to make other players better in the team because you've got more competition around that spot. Now, that's going to be the main driving force behind these players now because Vincent's not going to be happy if he gets benched for deeper. I'll tell you that right now. As much as they're friends and they love each other, it's never going to happen. It's Max Schuster is going to be happy either because he's been playing arguably better than Duncan Robertson. So... If he's playing better than a starter and he's not even getting minutes coming off the bench, how upset would you be? You'd be extremely upset. So, and even Markeith. Markeith is a player that Eric Spolstra loved to go to for that small ball, small ball rotation. So I think it's going to be on a game-to-game basis. If you see Gabe struggling over two games, that's when you activate all the depot to come in. And and, and Chuck, you're going to roll with the punches. It's going to be a rolling rotation because we, we have no guarantees with health. We have no guarantees in performance that which you which you would have with a star like Kevin Durant or Giannis. So this is Spolscher's time to really show that he is he's one of the greatest coaches to ever do it because you know Phil Jackson had you know Michael do do all his work. You know, he didn't have these headaches. 
but even Greg Popovich, who, who paved the way for how Eric Spolster is doing it now, they ran 10 deep in the playoffs and they did it against us and they won. You've got to manage these, these situations differently every single game because it's a different game. Um, it's a different game plan when you're walking in. We could be struggling. You know, Gabe Vincent could be th- zero of six and, and turn the ball over. But that means that so he can come out and we can chuck another guard in there. But even Max Struess as well. Max Struess isn't going to be happy missing out on these minutes. So Dun- if Duncan's underperforming, maybe you activate him for half his time, basically. So you play Duncan 14 minutes, bench him, put in Dan- and you put in Max Struess. But then you've got to look at Caleb's minutes as well. So it's a big, it's a big headache if we're looking at it from an analytical point of view. But in a practical point of view, I could see it working if Eric Spolster does the right moves and the team does what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting that you bring up the fact that other teams have big stars who can close out and perform consistently when a lot of times we have stars like Jimmy who struggle with their shooting or Bam. I I mean, actually, Bam, I feel like, is right now a little bit struggling with the shot. And I was actually seeing a tweet earlier about someone saying that the Heat are a super team, and I disagree. I mean, I think... I think we we're just such a deep team that we don't have a we don't have a main superstar, but because everyone does their part so well, that's why we're just such a good team, and so that's why we need to make sure our rotation is set. And I, I'm ready to I'm I'm kind of ready to let Gabe get Gabe uh, take Oladipo's possible spot in the playoffs, because again, I mean I've been I said it before I don't know how well Oladipo is going to play. We already know how well Gabe Vincent can play. I'm super impressed with him. And it's really going to be a toss-up. And I, I feel like people are already saying Oladipo is going to get that spot. But let's not forget what people like Caleb, Max, and Gabe have done for us all this season. Like, God, you can't, you can't forget all about that. Like, we wouldn't be where we are without them. We were missing our stars, and they stepped in huge and made sure that we kept this spot where we're at, which is first seed in the East. And... Yeah. So in terms of Spolster's struggles, you know, I was looking last night and actually they asked him about how he's going to manage the lineups and the difficulties with it. And you know what he said? He said that's for amateurs. So I'm going to trust Spolster on this. And I think I think I know I think he knows what he's doing. I agree. You know, I just trust Coach Spo, man, because at the end of the day, Spo is one of the best coaches in the NBA, if not the best. I'm sorry for even saying one of. I feel like that's just an insult at this point. And honestly, the fact that Spo has all these weapons on this team, you know, whether if it's on the offensive end with guys like Hero and Robinson and all them, and on the defensive end and guys like Bam, Oladipo, and Jimmy, like there's so much weapons on this team. And I know... Spo knows how to utilize them. So we'll see exactly what Eric will do when it's time to play against these other teams, what type of lineups he'll put out. So regarding the rotations, it's going to be interesting to see what the Heat will do. And we'll just, we'll see what happens. So overall, that was very an interesting topic. A lot of you guys brought um, very interesting takes to the table And I want to just quickly walk away from that for a quick second and talk about the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. 
So after seeing the way how the Heat have played going 6-1 and one since our last episode, we want to know who deserves to be the Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. Uh, who's your pick, Anthony? For the goal, I got two to go with a couple people different than the obvious ones. I'm going to go with Gabe Vincent. I think it was George who made the point saying, obviously him and Struess are not going to be happy losing their minutes to Vic, but that actually takes a lot of, you know, you know, being happy for each other's success. That I guess that's one of the oldest flowisms, which is true. That's one of the best signs for a championship team. And it's not an easy thing to do. Of course, they're not going to be happy because they're ballers. They want to play. And especially since they did not do anything to lose their spot, it's probably pretty frustrating. Uh, but I think they understand this Heat team has a real chance to win it all. And it's not like they're being, you know, benched for a bum. They're being benched for a former multiple-time All-Star. So uh, I just want to respect uh, to them. And also, in Lowry's absence, Gabe really balled out, and he really helped them go through that gauntlet of a week that they had. Uh, and I told y'all the Heat would go undefeated, and they basically did, you know, before they got screwed by the refs. And other than Gabe Vincent, I got Micah Potter. This month, he is averaging 25 and 10 for the Sioux Falls Sky Force. So shout out to my dog. He should have been here instead of Hayward Highsmith. Interesting picks. And then you, George? Yeah, no, I'm, I just quickly want to go on to Anthony's point. I would have much rather had Micah Potter on this team as a backup four. Um, but my spotlight play of the week, and it's not difficult at all. If, after talking about such a deep and hypothetical topic like rotation, you got to look at, um, you know, when we're looking at the spotlight play of the week, you got to look at the most recent games and who's played the best. Tyler Hero, flat out, hands down, has deserved this award and is absolutely killing it. And he's like, in the games in the last week, he's had 30, 27, 21, and 31. And he's done it on 52% shooting, 41, 42% shooting, 56 and 67. What? In what world do we live in when we see these numbers from anyone like that? He also hasn't missed a free throw um, since the San Antonio game. So I, I'm dumbfounded that this man is having the year that he's having off the bench as well. So I know he's playing 33 minutes a night. I get it. But when you've got some guy like this coming off the bench and giving you 23, he's our leading scorer as well. So... When he's, when you got him doing this, coming off the bench, scoring half half court buzzers, so you know, so you can't give it to anyone else. He's been our spark. He's been you know the young goat that we need. He's our sixth man of the year. He's our most improved player. So I'm I'm taking him hands down. It's Tyler Hero. And you, Orchard? Hey, you know I was actually between George and Anthony. I was between Gabe Vincent and Tyler Hero. And I'm actually going to go with Gabe Vincent this time. You know, I feel like Hero is the obvious pick. And don't get me wrong, he's been balling. Like, this man has been putting, putting up insane stats. The reason he's not my Spotlight Player of the Week is because we know he can do this. He's, he's an amazing player. He's done this all season long. I'm going to go with Gabe Vincent because, again, he's, he's filling, out, filling the point guard position while Lowry's out. I mean, Lowry's back, obviously, but at the time, you know, he had to fill in the position and just like how he did before, he did amazing. I mean, it's just really impressive to see the transition he's had since last year. I mean, last year we barely even saw him play. I mean, and now this year he's playing like he's he gets average minutes for the last couple of years. I mean, 20 points against the Bulls, 21 against the Bucks, 16 versus the 76ers. That's just amazing. And I think he, he's going to develop to be a much better point guard in the next coming of years. 
And I, I'm, I think he's definitely a spotlight player of the week. Now, for me personally, you guys brought up some great options. And, you know, I always like to take a different route from everyone else. So I'm just going to go with Victor Oladipo. After all, this is his week. So, you know, happy Depot Day. Victor had a great game yesterday. I don't care. I know it's for the whole week in general. But I don't know about y'all, but every time Victor had the ball in his hands, I just wanted him to shoot it. I wanted him to get every bucket possible. So when he passed it, like, it's good for him and, you know, trying to get some assists and all that. But, you know, it would have been nice to see him get even more buckets and stuff. So I low-key got a little disappointed every time he did pass the ball because I was ready for him to do something good every time that someone passed him the rock. So... Overall, Victor Oladipo, yeah, I know it's only one game, but who cares? This is my show, Sumi. So that is my Spotlight Heat Player of the Week. And now for this next topic, it's only right that before we close out this episode, we talk about the Heat's upcoming game against the Phoenix Suns. As you guys probably know by now, the Suns are currently the best team in the league with the record of 51-13 and 13, as this pod is being recorded. As of right now, we know that Chris Paul will be out, but there is no official word on Devin Booker, who's missed the last few games due to COVID protocols. However, considering the fact that we were able to beat the Suns by 23 points without Jimmy and without Bam too, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Heat took care of business. So what's everyone else's predictions? Uh, You can start us off, Orchard. Well, yeah, of course, they're missing Chris Paul. Uh, we don't know about Devin Booker or Cam Johnson, <laughs> um, but I don't think they're going to play. I, I honestly don't think they're going to play. They're both listed as out against the Magic, but it's, it's going to be a back-to-back game for them. So I highly doubt they'd want to play both of them, especially because it's a back-to-back. So we got to take advantage of that. You know, I feel like the Heat, the Heat are those, that one of those teams that will struggle against injured teams. And we just got to make sure to take advantage of it, make sure that we don't blow leads. Like, I bet you we're going to probably blow a lead at some point. Let's make sure that we don't have a slow start to the game. And, uh, yeah, let's not – we don't want to underestimate this team. I mean, they had a big comeback against the Knicks the other night, and Cam Johnson hit that game winner, which was insane, by the way. And then with the Bucks game, you know, I honestly thought – the I mean, the Bucks did win by 10 in the end, but – they were in that game with them throughout the entire time. I mean, that's kind of scary to think that the Suns are staying close to the reigning champions. That that's crazy. And overall, let's not forget they're not they're the first, they're the best team right now in terms of record in the NBA. And even if they're injured, they still have great players on that team. And I think we should still play with the same intensity that we did with them last time. And besides that, I think we got this. I think we got this win. We're also right. at home. Right. And you, George? Look, it's going to be one of those games where we either come out of the gates really hot and we can take control of the game early, or it's going to be the game that we we have to do like against the Houston Rockets. Now, when you're talking about injuries, when we played them last time with injuries, it's an extremely impressive win. But the thing we have to take into account, um, the thing we have to take into account mostly is that when you've got your stars out and your young players are playing, uh, and you're, you know, you you go deep into your bench and rotation. You play with a sort of reckless abandonment. When, when Jimmy and Bam were out, Gabe Vincent, um, I think I think he did okay. I actually can't remember 
with him as mostly. But I remember that Duncan and Tyler Hero both absolutely scorched them. Scorched them both. So when you're talking about a team where, you know, you're, you're, you're unhealthy, you're versing a really, really good team, you've got nothing to lose. Because even if you lose, there's not a sort of, um, you know, there's a sort of, um, you know, pressure that comes and pressure that doesn't come when you're playing against a really good team when you're not healthy. So this is going to be the same for them. Without Chris Paul, without, um, you know, without Devin Booker's in COVID protocols, without Cam, Cam, uh, Cam Johnson, it's it's going to be really difficult to to stop these players from playing like they've got nothing to lose, which is what a lot of teams go to when, when you know, in these situations. And we're going to see a, a different Suns than we're used to. So we're going to be prepared for anything they can chuck at us. We're going to just play, play, you know, to our strengths, keep the game on our pace because that's what we need. When we play the game on our pace, nothing nothing can stop us. So let's just hope for a good Tyler Hero game. Let's just hope for a good Jimmy and Bam game as well. Let's just take it to them. Take it, take it. you know, every possession, each game as it comes and let's destroy them because let's not forget they also have Eddie Johnson, the single worst report, uh, uh, commentator of all time. So he has something against the Heat. Let's give him something else to cry about, and let's um let's see. <laughs> I agree hundred percent with that. And you, Anthony? Yeah, I, I love the Eddie Johnson uh negative shout out there. That that's great, George, because I would have forgot about him. That guy sucks. Can't stand that dude, bro. Uh, also, Orchard brought up a good point about the slow starts, hoping they're not going to do it. Tell you the truth, they probably will. They've made that a pattern playing down to their competition. But I almost looked at it as a positive because this Heat team, the way they've been able to flip a switch out of nowhere, it really reminds me of those championship big three teams. You know, when you have a team that can kind of play down to your opponent and then just flip a switch just like that out of nowhere, it's actually really impressive. Of course, this team doesn't have the star power that those teams had, but it does remind me of that a little bit. And it it kind of is the sign of a championship team when you can just turn it up like that on a switch. But as far as the game against the Suns, Really, I mean, I think Devin Booker sucks anyway, so I don't really care whether he plays or not. I'm not a fan of his at all. He's a huge crybaby all the way back to the whole don't double team and pick up thing. Even to this day with the whole Raptors mascot thing, I think he's a bum. That dude's not scare me. He's a looter and a riot, and that team was nothing until Chris Paul got there. Anyways, that's my Devin Booker rant. The only play, actually, well, other than the guy I'm about to say, I love Mikel Bridges. I'm super jealous he's not on the heat. That dude's a baller. The only dude they have that really scares me is Bismack Biombo. I don't know if y'all remember. I don't know if y'all remember how annoying bro was when he was with Charlotte and when he was with Toronto. I hate that, that game dude. seven. That game yes. seven sixteen. Oh my god, the dude turned into Hakeem. He is a bum. He's actually been playing okay since he he signed with Phoenix, but that's the only guy that scares me for real. So as long as they could keep him in check, if P.J. Tucker could chase him around for the 10 minutes he'll play, he will be all right. He by 45. Right. Like, and, you know, you guys brought up a good point when you mentioned about how sometimes the Heat like to play down some of their opponents. So as long as the Heat doesn't do that with the Suns just because they don't have CP3 or Devin Booker, I think they should be good. And also, Anthony, I'm just trying to say right now, if Booker ends up coming back and he has, like, a 50-point game against us. Sue me. I'm going to steal your words. Sue me, man. Sue you, man. Sue me. (laughs) 
man like i don't know that that's a bold move uh but yeah let's see we'll see if um devin actually listens to this pod because who knows you never know who finna listen to heat versus the world but anyways i also have the heat winning hope like i said hopefully they do not play down to the suns and they should be able to get the win overall we talked so much in today's episode um, before we close it out, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And if you want to check out more Heber World content, go ahead and follow our Twitter and Instagram page at HVTW Podcast while checking out our website at HVTWpodcast.wordpress.com. Last but not least, make sure to check out Culture Shock. The Heat versus the World's Extension Show, which is the first Miami Heat pod featuring all women cast, as they'll be dropping a new episode very soon. Once again, thanks for tuning in for today's episode of the Heat versus the World podcast, and we'll see you guys soon with another episode. We out, and before we close it out, let me just hit my music for the one time. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.